0: Today, with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years, cashandcarrykitchens.ie. Email todaycb at rte.ie. A major sign of healthy skin is a really natural looking glow, and if you look at any magazine cover or all of the social media pictures about skincare it's it's clear that that heavy makeup look which was defined by the Kardashians at one stage has been replaced with this soft dewy skin it almost looks like it has no makeup on there at all well our resident skincare expert Dr Rosemary Coleman is here to give us her radiance boosting tricks for natural results and of course if you have any questions for Rosemary do get them into us now the number is one. good morning Rosemary Good morning Claire. Very nice to talk to you again and do you see this as well that the sort of heavy caked uh, look the flawless finish is gone and people want a more natural skin, skin glowing face now at this stage?
1: Well, Claire, I think it's going rather than gone. And I think it's gone maybe in the older uh, individual and maybe 30s and 40s and later 20s. But the teens and the 20s are still catching up Mm -hmm. and there's still a tendency to overdo everything with the skin. They are heavily influenced, understandably, by social media. So there's a lot of overwashing. There's a lot of double cleansing twice a day and then lashing on you know, serum after serum and moisturiser and putting so much on that will actually create little bumps and spots that then need to be covered with a thick makeup. Okay. But mm. I do think we're going in the right direction. Yeah,
0: the problem is, and you say that maybe the older generations are more amenable to this natural look. But if you have any redness or broken veins, you want to disguise that, don't you? It can be difficult to go for the natural look
1: no you get rid of them so you don't want to cover them up you know and you know what they say pigment is the new wrinkle and i think that there's going to be more of a tendency for people to pull back from this totally overdone cosmetic look with too much in the way of fillers botox and over lasering and they're pulling back from that as well to get this so they're doing less to get this fresh healthy look but um We can be in our 70s with plenty of wrinkles and a lovely, pale, even, dewy complexion, as you say, with fewer broken blood vessels and pigment. So there are plenty of ways to achieve that, not only with home skincare, but also in clinic treatments where needed. Mm -hmm.
0: So see, that's the fear, people listening to this, that they would have to invest an awful lot in, in order to get to the point where they have that lovely, dewy, even skin tone.
1: Well, that very much depends on how damaged their skin is. So if you really want to look your best, well, obviously aim for a healthy lifestyle. Good nutrition, lots of exercise, don't smoke and drink in moderation. So that's, and then don't forget, you could be unlucky genetically, Claire. It's very common in Ireland to have that Celtic complexion with broken blood vessels. So that can be unlucky. And yes, that will require laser treatment to get rid of it. But the lasers will improve Them by 80 to 90 percent after say three to six treatments, depending on the severity, and then it might be only one treatment a year once the person minds their skin. So there's absolutely no point in going out and having a laser to get rid of pigment and broken blood vessels and then going and getting a suntan, Mm. you're just going to undo the damage. So, needless to say, you're back to sunblock as the basic building block for really good skin.
0: All right, well, let's um talk about some of the products that can help and. These products, just to start with, they can be found in lots of different products at different price ranges. So that's a personal choice. But we want to talk about the active ingredients in there. Glycolic acid, first of all, what does that do, Rosemary? What's it good for?
1: Well, that would have to be probably my favorite active ingredient because it's extremely well tolerated. It's just basically a fruit acid. The strength, as you said, can vary enormously from product to product and how the person tolerates it. And it increases cell turnover, clears out the pores. It's a really small molecule, gets right down into the pores, helps with pigmentation, reduces fine lines. So it sounds too good to be true, but it actually really does deliver. And really, you, you don't have to pay a lot of money to get glycolic acid in your product. The trick is to not overdo it. There's a tendency, I think, for us all to think some is good, some more is better. And in fact, if you do too much, you end up stripping off the top layer of the skin and then you get duller again. Mm-hmm. So I will often say to rotate your skin care products. And I would usually say to be using glycolic, depending on your sensitivity, two to three times a week, rotating and alternating with, you know, a moisturizer or something with peptides, hyaluronic acid and indeed a retinol. So it's about not overdoing and reading your skin. So what suits me won't necessarily suit you.
0: Mm -hmm, But the glycolic acid you're saying suits a lot of people. I find it
1: extremely well-tolerated. I find it really well-tolerated in people even who suffer with dermatitis, seborrheic dermatitis, rosacea. It's good for acne. And again, you can pick different products. Some of the products will have a little salicylic acid in it, and that's great for unclogging the block pores, etc. Other products will have camine. They'll have a more slow-release glycolic acid for people with a more sensitive skin. But I really rarely find somebody can't tolerate glycolic. Whereas retinol, which is the other product I know you're interested in, Um, 30% of people can't tolerate Mm -hmm. that, me included. Me included too. Yeah, it's a genetic intolerance. It's not that it just irritates it. It doesn't matter how weak it is. I just, I will get dry and scaly and irritated. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. And just going back to the glycolic, what what stage of our skincare are we using this at in in terms of the day? Is it morning or evening or when does it come in?
1: Okay, well, I like a glycolic acid skin cleanser. And I only like cleansing at night. There is no need to double cleanse. You overwash and you strip the skin of all its oils and radiance. It goes dull if you overdo things. So wash uh, your face off at night with your glycolic cleanser and a little bit of water and, of course, the muslin cloth. I say wash once, rinse twice. And then you can apply on top of that, you can apply either a glycolic acid serum or a moisturizing cream or indeed a mask, depending on what you want.
0: So that's the night time for the glycolic So usually
1: night. Now it's not contraindicated in the day but you just have to be very good about your sun protection in the day if you use it. It is not, it doesn't cause photosensitivity, it's that if it causes irritation and dryness and you go out in the sun you would risk pigmentation. Mm -hmm. So I find it best applied at
0: night. Okay, so we're doing that twice a week if we can tolerate the glycolic and most people can. Can. The the retinol then, for the 70% of people who can and use retinol, would you advise it? Is it good? I think everybody should try it. And you can
1: start by trying the over-the-counter um, retinols that you will get in commercially available skincare products because they're inexpensive. And if you can't tolerate them, there is no point in getting a prescription-grade retinol. It's over 20 times stronger. The reason I think everyone should try retinols is because Apart from the cosmetic benefits, they treat sun damage. They treat actinic keratoses, which are precancerous lesions. They can treat skin cancers, well, prevent them. And as well as that, they will treat pigmentation, blackheads, acne, fine lines and even rosacea. So, again, they work marvellously when they work, but it's important to know to stop. The biggest problem I see with retinols is people overdoing it. Even the -the over-the-counter ones, some people can only tolerate once a week. When it comes to prescription grade, I don't like people using it more than twice a week unless I'm prescribing it for a medical condition because they're over-stripping the skin and Mm -hmm. you don't want to do that either.
0: And is there anybody who shouldn't use retinol? Do you have to be careful with it if you're pregnant, for example?
1: It is not licensed in pregnancy, but if you speak to Professor Griffiths who actually you know was the innovator behind retinols they've done intense studies showing that even if you cover somebody from top to toe wrap them up in cling film it's you get less vitamin a absorbed than if you eat a single slice of liver so what i would say there is they are known to be safe in pregnancy so nobody should panic if they've been using a retinol for 2 or 3 months and then find out they're pregnant don't worry about it, but they are not licensed in pregnancy and I wouldn't prescribe them mm-hmm. in pregnancy. But
0: you have an alternative to retinol, bukial,
1: Bucuol. Bucuol. Nearly got it. <laughs> Sounds nice too. Um, Bucuol is a fabulous product. And what it is, is um, a chemical that has the chemical activity of a retinol without the irritation. And I have no trouble tolerating that. And the one I use is just a light serum which goes on under whatever else I'm doing that night, be it a moisturiser or a glycolic, etc. Mm-hmm. So bakuchiol is something people should look out for.
0: OK, and then vitamin C. I know a lot of people use uh, vitamin C. Are they right too? vitamin c is fantastic it is a
1: potent antioxidant but again Claire, you unfortunately this is one where you may have to invest in order to be sure that you actually get activity so um, a lot of the vitamin c's that are commercially available have absolutely no antioxidant activity when they're measured in the laboratory but vitamin c is a powerful antioxidant and it's the basic building block of um, collagen. You can't make collagen without your vitamin C. It also gives some added benefit with added photo protection, and indeed can um, reduce pigmentation. But a word of caution, if somebody has an acne tendency or a lot of blackheads, they must pick the formulation of their vitamin C carefully. So it's not a one- vitamin C fits all mm-hmm. so there are different vitamin C's for different skin types but I would definitely recommend a vitamin C first thing in the morning under your um, sunblock moisturiser and then before whatever else you want to do, makeup oh, okay. or retinted moisturiser. Uh, and
0: uh, most people can use vitamin C, can they? Ah uh, yes,
1: yes I, as I said, if say you use a particular one and it causes blackheads you just need a different formulation um, I would very rarely come across anyone who can't use vitamin C
0: all right, let's it's get let's get to some questions, Rosemary. We always get so many for you when you're on. Uh, Dee wants to know, I always think this is a good question. You've answered it before, but let's do it again. Would Dr. Coleman advise if sun protection should go over or under the moisturiser? Everyone struggles with this.
1: Should I ask you the answer, Claire? Or will <laughs> no, <I tell> you? <laughs> no,
0: don't, because I know you've told me before, but I have found myself looking at them going, what's going to make yes. me look less greasy today?
1: Okay. Well, you shouldn't look greasy if you're using the right sunblock. Okay. Okay? So there is a sunblock for every skin type and for every look. And always put it on first. Now, you heard me say I put my vitamin C serum on before that. But if you put on a sunblock, um, um, The best thing is, Claire, in the morning and the the foolproof way is a moisturizer containing the sunblock because that just makes it so easy. You don't have to stop and think, uh, do I need another layer? And people, I find when it's two steps, people will often look out the window and say, will I bother putting on the sunblock today? If they've got a 50 in the moisturizer and there's so many lovely ones out there. That actually solves your problem. Otherwise, I would put your sunblock on first, let it soak in well, and then build from Mm -hmm. there. Because if you're putting on
0: layer hmm. after layer, then you've got makeup to go. You're, You're probably in trouble then with the slip sliding.
1: You can be, especially if you're oily. But the other thing is, if you are layering up, always use the finest, lightest product. And don't forget, I always advocate uh, topping up your sunblock during the day. I do not suggest you take everything off and start again. I think using a tinted sunblock is a great way to top up on top of your makeup so that you don't lose the little bit of coverage you want.
0: Mm -hmm, Good idea. Now, this listener says that they look ragged, that's what they say about themselves, after months of chemo, radiation and surgery. So the skin is so sensitive now and it's papery around the eyes. Can you you help
1: yes our clinic is full of people who have gone through very tough trauma particularly chemotherapy as you know breast cancer in particular is so common in ireland and there is a lot that you can do for all patients they are not you know once they get over the trauma of the cancer and the chemo their skin will return to normal and will be able to handle everything they just might need to go slowly at first so if they were to try it like I would say, start, say, on the outside of the cheek, use it there for a couple of days, see how you tolerate it and then build it up and start with a nice light eye cream in the morning and build it up from there. But they, they can restore their skin.
0: Okay, what's the best way of dealing with dark circles under the eyes? Well, I guess, number one, pick your parents
1: carefully because <laughs> most of the time it's just genetic layer. And so many things promise treatments for dark circle, circles. And as we get older, the skin gets more translucent. And therefore, you're seeing the blood vessels and the muscles under the skin. Now, a treatment that I used to do lots of, but I really have largely stopped, was using under eye filler for people who had very deep uh, um, dark circles. But to be honest, I have found after doing it for 25 years now, but I've found that it's not well tolerated and it eventually pops back up through the muscle. So I would actually avoid that myself now. I think using skin boosters such as platelet rich plasma injections or fill art is a skin booster, little um, molecules that stimulate collagen. There are very few things that can be used very close to the eye, and they are two. And some lasers can be used very close to the eye. Most cannot. And then obviously camouflage and use a camouflage again with the sunblock, because what people don't appreciate is how common it is to get skin cancers that close to the eye. Part of it is don't forget your sunglasses. When those little pads on either side of your nose, they constantly take off your sunblock. So it's a really common place to get skin cancers.
0: Okay, so keep an eye out for that. Rosemary, thank you so much for all that advice. That's Dr. Rosemary Coleman there and I'm sure we'll speak to Rosemary again soon. So if you have any questions, do continue to get them in to us.